to part two of the Last Music Company's Tony Kofi podcast. In this episode, China Moses continues her discussion with Tony Kofi and Alex Webb about the recording of Another Kind of Soul. At what point did you guys decide that you were going to make a live recording of it? Hmm. Well, Malcolm Mills, I um, spoke to him about it because he, he, he asked me, uh, he's always asked me what, what are you doing next? What are you doing next? And uh, I said, oh, well, we're doing this, um, we're doing this, uh, this show, uh, playing the music of Callum Badly. And, uh, and he came to see it and um, he says, we should record that. You know. But I, I don't know how we got into the live thing, actually. I'm, I'm not sure. Well, I think it's partly because Cannibals is some really important live albums. I think it's partly right. to get, can we get a bit of that feeling? Yeah. You know? And you can hear the room, you know, and it's, and yeah. he even did a couple of studio albums where they, they would invite people into the studio, give them some drinks. You know, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Yeah. Actually, you know? My next album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll have a Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so I thought, uh, yes, why not? You know, um, because I've done the live thing, but this is completely different. Mm. But um, yeah, so the live album really worked, and um, yeah. So why did you ch- guys choose to do the live at that place? Bay, the Bear Club. Bear Club. I've played there many times, and I've always liked the um, the sound there. Um, I I did a um, um, part of a movie there. Well, it's a live recording where they recorded it and then put it on a movie, and I thought the sound was unbelievable. It's 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 a it's almost like an old barnyard, so very very high ceilings, uh, wood, you know. So that really kind of gives you that authentic sound. So that's why I chose that place. I could have chose um, Ronnie's or you know Vortex or anything like that, but. This was the right place. It feels like a New York loft at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Sad thing is it's closing. Yeah. yeah. I'm talking about the play- shows, though. Yeah. Like, there's certain pl- certain audiences, because yeah. it's not just the band, it's the audience. Mm. What makes the show well, is I th- the... I th- is- yeah, it, it is. And I think that, um, well, to, to be frank, when, when you're playing to the, the... There's a certain kind of jazz club audience, I say, where, you, you know, you get the real, uh, often older jazz crowd. And I think that we, we sort of know that it's going to work with them. It's when you get to a slightly different crowd and it works for them. And I must say that much more um, the mixed crowd at the Vortex that really suddenly sort of warmed to us and then ends up giving us a standing ovation. Mm-hmm. We weren't really expecting that. Mm-hmm. I said, so that's the, where the sort of chemistry you're talking about. That's a great feeling, you know, as you know. Mm. What have been your most memorable shows? Hmm. Mm. That's, that's an interesting one. They've all been great, but uh, I think for me... One of the most um, on the edge was actually doing the album, mm. the live recording. And um, I remember 
the morning I, I I got up and I was I was nervous. I was I was really nervous because I know that when you're doing a live album, you know, uh, there's no take backs. You can't go oh like in the studio. Let's do this again and you know everything was set. You know, and uh, for me being able to just count off a number and play in the moment. You know, I've never been that close to the edge as as that moment. And not only that, I really enjoyed it. Um, I was so happy. You know, the audience were so close to you and, and they really, I could feel feel the vibes of the audience. So for me, that was the most memorable. It, it stays with me. So every time I, I, I play, you know, I'm thinking that was a moment where I felt like absolutely complete. It's, it's a very, it's a real spiritual thing actually, because, um, I've never really felt that. I've done live recordings before, but you know, to do something. I was going to ask you that. Yes, I, was like, I have. <laughs> I have. I've done quite a few, but this for me was it. That moment where I I knew that I had to do something completely, you know, that was me, you know, not Campbell, not anyone else. It was absolutely me, and it felt oh, oh. I'm, I'm, I shouldn't say this, but if I was, I was, I was, I was high. I felt really high. You know, I at one point I, I, I didn't, I didn't know where I was. You know, I was just so in the moment that, you know, and um, I felt almost like I'm in a, I'm in a dark room, and I'm just like spinning around. It just, I, I felt like a child actually. Yeah, lovely feeling. Such yeah, a feeling. yeah, lovely. That's such a great feeling. So, what was that show what, like? For, yeah, was, was that was that the same experience that you go into a trance with? Were you mm, guys connected on it, that one? Yeah, I think we were connected. I, th- I mean, I remember being nervous too. You know, it, um, I mean, I've made a few records, but that, that feeling that you can't go back. Mm. You know, and uh, no live recording is perfect, but that's not what they're about. It's about the, the feeling and the energy, and I think we captured that. Mm. Um, but I do remember, funny enough, I just thinking we did a show at Ronnie's last year where our trumpet player was stuck in Spain wasn't it? Yes. And we uh, we were in a bit of a panic. And then our previous player, Byron Wallen, w- was able to make it at the last minute. We'd actually, we'd actually started playing and he kind of ran into the club, got his horn out and jumped on stage. And that was a lovely moment. And it kind of, the audience, of course, loved it. And there was a great energy to that show. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, there's been a, a lot of highs. I mean, I like to think it's a pretty consistent band. So, okay. When was the first show? First show was February uh, 2018 at the Vortex, wasn't it? Yes. And then, yes, we, then we, we, we did it uh, this month. We did the two-year anniversary yes. at the Vortex. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Stars Fell on Alabama is mm. another beautiful yes. Yes. tune. Oh. Why, why, why pick that one? Oh, that one. Um, it, I heard. I first heard it with uh, uh, an album we did, Coltrane and Campbell. Mm-hmm. And he plays this, plays this, and it's just beautiful. And to me, he sounded uh, like a, a combination of um, uh, Benny Carter uh, uh, and uh, just and, and Charlie Parker and and so many others. But he had this beautiful, beautiful rounded tone, and it just. He plays it so beautifully. There's a bit of Hodges there as well. Hodges, yeah. Johnny Hodges as well. Yes. So, uh, so I, I, I fell in love. I fell in love with that too many years ago. 
and uh, and in fact, we we wasn't going to put it on the album, was we? Oh, it, it wasn't meant to be on the album, but uh, but well, <laughs> basically, I wanted to do um, for the audience a, a kind of a, a fill in a fill in tune, you know, where where you know we had a, a set of tunes, but we we didn't have a ballad, so. I just said, okay, I'm gonna play this ballad, you know. Um, I didn't even say, I didn't even say uh, to the audience, oh, I'm gonna play Stars from Alabama. I just did this cadenza, and then went into it. And um, uh, Andrew Kleindert and Alfonso Vitali, they just followed me, and that was it. So I was like, and uh, Markham loved. The way I played it, and and the audience loved the way I played it, and we said, okay, let's put it on the album.
That was part two of this three-part podcast. The final episode will be available on Friday, April the 24th. In part three, China will be playing all of the remaining tracks from Another Kind of Soul and talking with Tony and Alex about the material.